This is IsAware, powered by Intersoft Associates. IsAware is your connection to exploring the systems and software that power businesses like yours with expert insight, experience, and advice. Hello, I'm Chris Bentliff, and I'm back with Hi Goldstoff and Abe Unger from Intersoft Associates. And team, today we're talking about legacy software. We talked a little bit in a previous episode about what that is and how legacy software um, can be problematic if we're running old systems and if we're having to somehow try to find ways to kind of modernize that. I thought we'd spend some time today talking about that, modernizing our legacy systems or even maintaining them. So let's start with maintenance. I would imagine that maintaining old software, trying to stay ahead of you know, the innovations that come with new software is kind of tricky. When should I be thinking about maintenance versus modernization? And how should I be thinking about maintenance? Why is that valuable to me? Well, if the software is working, if you think it's working for your organization, um, you certainly have to maintain the software. Um, You know, certainly you need to make sure you have things like source code if it was written for you. Or if you bought a package, make sure that the vendor is constantly improving the software so that, you know, it'll continue to operate and continue to meet your needs. Uh, But there are always new new initiatives, uh, new analyses you may want to run. There are a number of things that you're going to want to have the software do for you that were beyond its initial um, vision. What are some of those things? How, how should I be thinking about, I'm kind of wondering about reactive versus proactive. So do I start to think about maintenance, uh, almost like an oil change, like revisit it every so often, or is it, oh no, something broke. What do we do? Do you find that that's kind of how most organizations treat it or what, what's the right p- posture for me to have with that? Well, it's option C, all, you know, all of the above, Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, things break, um, you know, software is, never perfect, no matter how hard you try to test it. And there are various, you know, testing schemes. Some firms do it better than others. And some consultants, you know, uh, do better at managing it than others. But things are going to happen. You know, operating systems are going to um, uh, cause things to fail. Uh, uh, External bad data may cause things to fail. So you certainly have to fix it every so often. And then businesses don't stand pat, and there are always changes to the business. There are, you know, new opportunities. Um, as you get new management in, they're going to want to look at things a little differently. So capturing more data, analyzing more data, that, that all becomes a part of it, and that's part of the software maintenance cycle. And that just needs to be revisited every so often, every 90 days or every 180 days. You know, what are we doing? What can we do better? Uh, and how can the software be a part of that? And right. and as the world turns, um, as you start getting, you know, Microsoft Windows releases updates all the time. Um, browsers like Chrome release updates all the time. Every one of those updates with a legacy system, even with a current system, but certainly with a legacy system, can cause all kinds of problems. Uh, and you want to try and stay ahead of that game. So being aware of things that are coming and having someone who can test the software in that environment before you actually get to that environment um, is going to help. And that in terms of the, the maintenance mode. Do you find that, uh, that a lot of organizations just don't stay up with regular updates? And and that that can really lead to some issues where they don't even realize that they're five updates behind or whatever. And now they're starting to have kind of this 
accumulated uh, pain points? Sure. Not only that, but certain organizations are going to do that on purpose because they're dealing with legacy software and the cost of testing legacy software on newer environments may just be uh, prohibitive. So stick with the old, stay with your old unpatched systems so that your software runs, not realizing that that's a huge liability. Um, so, you know, maintenance can help you at least identify that. A solution for that may in fact be more than just maintenance. And that may bring us into, um, you know, an upgrade or something like that. And part of the maintenance cycle is make sure the software keeps up with, you know, how the business is evolving. Mm. Uh, and what you have is you have people who are loyal and want to get their job done. People that are using the computer to do their job and are loyal. And when there are problems, you know, they find a way to work around it. And um, I've said this a number of times. Uh, you, you get the, the, the management tends to say, well, it's good enough. In today's world, you know, good enough is just not good enough. You can always do better. You've got people that are, you know, um, chomping at your behind to try and get ahead of you. It's a great point that you made uh, in a previous episode, Hi, which was that good enough is not good enough. So I feel like that's a great sort of, I don't know, segue into this idea then of modernization. So when we're talking about modernizing our legacy software, um, for a lot of companies, I don't feel like that can be just kind of a, a clean, you know, we can't go from XP, you know, up into the brand newest, freshest thing. Maybe we can. Do we need to kind of incrementally think about that? You talked uh, in a previous episode, Abe, about sort of fixing in place as you do other things. Talk to me about some illustrations or some ways that I can think about legacy software modernization because it sounds kind of scary it sounds like i'm going to bite off a great big chunk and i need to make sure that i can chew on that is that accurate or no so there is accuracy to what you're saying but there may be ways to get around that or to bring you into that mode gradually um you know the older software to get a bit technical, you're dealing with 32-bit, 64-bit environments. So as you move to newer environments, you may not have an option of going to, let's say, a 32-bit environment, but you might. So as you work through these processes, you can think about what can we do in the interim versus, as we said, a complete rewrite, which basically means scrap everything and start over, or potentially reuse some of those components so that you can work your way up. You may be able to jump. You may be able to go straight from the oldest to the newest, or there may be stages involved, but that's what part of the planning is. And that's understanding what is the, what are the components of the software? What are they doing? How do they interact with their environment in terms of the computer? And what does that mean in terms of an upgrade? Does it mean you have no choice but to scrap everything and start over? Or more than likely, there's a way to get you to the latest and greatest in increments and in various phases. And that goes into analyzing what exactly you have and what exactly you need. And then there's a plan on how you get there. IsAware is powered by Intersoft Associates, your software consultancy that will help you to maximize revenues, reduce costs, and streamline work processes with the right IT solutions. Intersoft Associates delivers strategic consulting and custom software development, together with support and enhancement to help modernize and manage the software that helps your business run. Visit us at intersoftassociates.com. So much of it comes back to that sort of business strategy. I feel like a lot of people and probably organizations start to think about, oh, you know, I, 
I'm having so many issues with this thing. This thing, you know, this I get the blue screen of death all the time. They start to think that they've got some sort of a technical glitch, and that's their sort of motivator to start to take this more seriously, where from that maintenance perspective, maybe regular updates, regular TLC on that would have kept some of those things at bay in a much more affordable way. On the other hand, let's talk a little bit about hardware. What's your perspective or your guidance on that? Because as as our hardware, you know, if I'm sitting on a laptop or, or whatever that's six, seven years old, my battery life is terrible. My processing power is, you know, very weak compared to what apps today I want to do my, you know, the amount of RAM that I have so that that lets me do the things that modern web, you know, browsing even wants me to do. Those could be parts of the problems that I have that has nothing to do with my software, but is about how the software is running on old hardware. Do you have guidance around how I should be thinking about hardware in this context? In in general, again, hardware is something that's going to fail. So you have to plan for that. So yes, as the hardware gets older, not only does it get slower and you can't take advantage of some of the newer features that newer hardware may or may not have, it is a concept of that hardware is old, it is outdated, it's going to be out of warranty or close to out of warranty and something's going to happen to it. Um, and that has to be taken into account. And yes, the newer hardware may not be able to run something that's older. It just may not work. Or you can get hardware, it may work. Again, that goes into that whole conversation of what do you have understanding what's available and how you can adjust that to meet the needs of the current environment. So taking advantage of newer hardware can give you ideas into other ways where you can enhance something that was a really slow process in the past. And all of a sudden with some new hardware, maybe that gets a little faster. Now that got, that gets a little faster, what else can the software do? You see that it doesn't take you three days to process that data. It takes you an hour now. Well, now that we can process that faster, what else can the system do for us? And that leads you to thinking about the, the future and planning of what can we, what else can we accomplish? Not just what we've been doing, but what can we do that we're not doing? such a great point because we can think about this in context of what we're familiar with rather than what we don't even realize or what we could be doing that, you know, some of these new things could open us up to. Hi, do you have some guidance around an organization who has, you know, a pile of people who are on really old PCs? And then there's a couple of people who have some screaming fast Macs. And then there's some people who, especially in this sort of more portable mobile work from home environment where we've got I think you guys tell me a little bit less consistency than we used to, where we said everybody in the organization is using this and we'll all upgrade at the same time. It's getting to be a little bit more disparate, isn't it? What what guidance do you have around how we should be treating sort of IT in general, but certainly software? Do we all need to be marching on the same beat? Do we need to be having the same exact kind of platforms so that we can run on these things smoothly? Or what are some of the challenges that I know I'll be facing that you can help me overcome with that? Well, it, it would be nice to be on the same platform. That way, you know, hardware is somewhat interchangeable. Um, but it doesn't have to be nowadays. Uh, certainly, you want to have a, a regular upgrade schedule, you know, be it three years or four years. It depends on the organization. It depends on, on your need. Uh, but uh, so many things today are, are, are running on browsers, and that same browser will be on a Mac or on a PC. That may not be, you know, as that may not be as much of a problem. There is a problem with support of those machines with the whatever IT organization you're using, be it internal, external, or a hybrid. Uh, but that that's less of it. Uh, it's more of are you using, you know, A, 
is your software able to support the newer versions of the browsers uh, on the on the various on the various platform? And and on the second side is is your software you know supporting the organization? Is what you're doing supporting all the needs of the organization? And the hardware we believe is important, but a fairly small piece of that. Uh, it's got to be, you know, it's got to work. It's got to work all the time. A lot of work today on any kind of a piece of software that's doing, you know, enterprise level work. And even if the enterprise is only 20 people, uh, a lot of that works on the back end. That works on servers that are, those should certainly be upgraded, you know, regularly uh, just because more data, more speed, uh, people need more responsiveness. Uh, but it's it's really also a matter of just make, making sure that whatever software you're using, whatever processes are 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 programmed and developed, are in fact working for your organization. Are there unique uh, challenges with the um, the mobile sort of proliferation? Where we used to be able to think of well, we used to be able to think of big beige boxes on a desk, and then we got to think about portable laptops, or whatever, and now. There's a seamless handoff cloud computing between the device in my hand or in my pocket talking to, you know, everything back at the office or that everybody else around the country. Are there unique challenges that are faced or that I as an organization should be thinking about, especially when it comes to legacy software? We can't all be doing the same things where mobile is concerned if some of us are still running XP. Uh, what are some of the, the unique things that we have to think about when we think about, well, my company is more mobile and who isn't these days? And therefore, we need to be doing more of this or avoiding these sorts of mistakes when it comes to thinking about our mobile devices in the grand scheme of this context. The question becomes what you're using the mobile devices for. Um, clearly, a mobile device has less real estate. So you can't look at, you know, a 30 column spreadsheet on a mobile device effectively. Uh, they're, they're, they're great sources of data entry. They're great sources of looking at selective data uh, when you you know when you're when you're mobile uh, we're looking at a client right now that needs to enter data by, by their staff out in the field and then provide analysis for folks in the office and then and then provide that data for the for a customer portal to look at and approve you know do, doing all of that um, so they it, it, they bring about different challenges certainly if you're and if you're using old and all the mobile devices will operate on, you know, present-day browsers. Uh, if your software won't work on a present-day browser, that's a problem. Uh, if your software doesn't work on a browser, that's a problem. So it all depends on what your needs are. And you can build a hybrid. You can still be using software that doesn't operate, you know, in a browser environment back at the office, but build a little add-on that will work in a browser environment for those um those those tasks that are required by a mobile device, and I don't mean a laptop or or any of those. I'm talking about a an iPad or an iPhone or 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 whatever else. So I love that you keep bringing it back to it's really not about the tech. It's about what whatever you're trying to achieve. What is the business goal? What is the output that you need? What is the use case? And I imagine that that's um, the interesting sort of consultative conversation that you continually have when it can be a problem that seems so kind of myopic about, well, technology, technology, really it isn't. It's about the people and the business. And then how does the technology support that? And I think that's such a important thing to constantly come back to and be grounded in. It's all about problem solving. 
It's problem solving and growth. It's as simple as that. Guys, thanks for another great conversation. Uh, this stuff is just fascinating to me, and I know our listeners are getting so much out of it. Thanks for reminding us to come back always to, you know, as you say, hi, uh, it's all about problem solving. That's a really great perspective to have on it. I will see you guys again next time. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for IsAware. And a special thanks to our subscribers. Consider becoming one today. IsAware is powered by Intersoft Associates, who believes the more you know about your IT, the better. Visit us at intersoftassociates.com and schedule your free consultation to talk about how custom software can help your business.